Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. What's up, podcast world? Welcome back to the Young and Adulting podcast. This is season two, and uh, we're excited for today. If you don't know, we are in season two, which is all about things you want to talk about, like relationships. And so today, we are joined by Pastor Lisa Duvall. And if you don't know, you should know this. She did an episode with us in the previous season on the Enneagram. If you haven't mm-hmm. checked that out, go check it out. But today, we're going to talk a little bit about the Enneagram, how it's useful for our relationships. It. But before we jump in, before we dive into the conversation, catch us up on who you are, if they they don't know who you are. They need to know who you are, but the floor is yeah, yours. Absolutely. Well, first, thank you for inviting me to be a part of the sure. podcast. Love it. Love being with you guys. Y'all always make me feel young and fresh, so it's <laughs> awesome. So my name is Lisa Duvall. I'm married to James Duvall. We've been here um, in South Florida for 25 years. We Come have on. three kids. Um, I have two young adults, actually. I know oh, nice. it's shocking that I don't look like I would have two young adults, <laughs> but a 27-year-old, 23-year-old, and then bringing up the rear baby, 17-year-old. So we're looking at empty nester years in about mm-hmm. a year or so, so I'm so excited. My parents are empty nesters now. So. <laughs> That's right. Sorry that they probably celebrated when you left yeah. and were going to do too, so it's <laughs> yeah. going to be great. But anyway, I've been in ministry all my married life and love people, um, love my family, husband, and love being here. I love it. Yeah, and you love things like the Enneagram, which is what we're here to yeah. talk about a little bit today. So fill us in, catch us up on why you're so passionate, how you got involved with learning about things like Enneagram and other assessments. Yeah, love it. Well, it all started with Jesus, which I know that's mm-hmm. like the answer you go, what's the answer? The Jesus. Answer. Yes, the best answer. <laughs> but answer. in my young 20s, I really solidified my relationship with the Lord. I'd grown up in church, but it was in my young 20s as a young adult that I'm like, I am sold out. I'm not not turning back, I'm moving forward. And so a lot of growth started happening for me with people and places. The university I chose to go to, the people I chose to hang around, all of that really made a difference in my life. And then in my late 20s, I started all of the baggage of my life and my family of origin, all of that stuff started compiling And I went through a process, um, an inner healing process, which is really an assessment. Someone Mm -hmm. took an assessment of me, and we had a good conversation about things of God in my life, catapulted me into this intentional growth. I'm like, I want to continue growing. I love this. All my problems didn't go away, Mm -hmm. but I decided I'm going to tackle them as they come because life circumstances bring those up, right? And then how do we deal with them? I'm like, I don't know how to deal with them. So it really launched me into a lot of different types of assessments. I think assessments are a great way. They do not trump the Holy Spirit in our life. Holy Spirit has done more work in my life than any assessment. God's Word has done more work. And so I feel like it's just so important to lay that foundation down, whether it's Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, DISC, any kind of assessment, is that you know what God's Word says about us is the truest thing about us. We cannot be put in a box. The Holy Spirit's word in our heart, if we're hearing and heeding, we'll hear that and it will it will negate things that assessments say. And so mm-hmm. with that said, that really launched me into assessments. So I became certified in MBTI because personality is a very, um, is something I love. Mm-hmm. And then Enneagram. 
So two of those I'm certified in, I'm looking to be certified in a couple of other tools, which is worthy of mentioning, because I'm not just an Enneagram lover. I do like it. I think mm-hmm. it's a great tool. But um, a Peacemaker, I do a lot of mediation and cool. conflict with people, and I love love that. Like my husband's like, why in the world would you ever want to be in the middle of conflict? And I don't know. <laughs> I'm a weird, weird uh, person. But nonetheless, so um, Peacemaker is a certification I'd like to get inner healing, the inner healing that I experienced in my young 20s. I'm going to be certified in that and then EQI. Mm-hmm. So those are the three I have upcoming. So I believe certifications are just a great tool for learning, yeah. learning about yourself. Really uncovers ways that God can actually go, I've been talking to you about that. Mm-hmm. And now you got it on paper. Can yeah. hear it in all right. the life situations right. that you've had? But the truth is, Enneagram, when I first learned about it, I was able to see and celebrate all God had been doing in my life yeah. because I could realize some things that I had actually already conquered. Um, and so when you take things like this, it isn't just about to point out what you need to do right. It's really mm-hmm. to celebrate some things God's already been doing in your life long mm-hmm. before any assessment was here. Jesus was here. Holy Spirit was working. So, yeah. So cool. Well, I personally am a fan of Enneagram. And I think uh, one of the reasons why we chose to talk about it with you again on this episode is, Mm -hmm. number one, because you're an expert. Number Ah, two, um, there's a lot of buzz around the Enneagram Mm -hmm. right now. I see it like all over social media, all over Instagram. Um, Some definite like cliches and stereotypes, Mm -hmm. which we don't want to do. So... What are some quick like do's and don'ts for the Enneagram? Like I know one that I think you say would be a don't. It's like don't use your Enneagram number as an excuse right. for your behavior. It helps to highlight things, but it's not, oh, I'm a six, so that's why I did that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that is a great one. I would say it shouldn't be a weapon. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be weaponized against other people. Or sometimes there are some numbers who like to beat themselves up with it. So <laughs> I would say don't use it on other people as a weapon and don't use it on yourself as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Again, the truest thing about you is what God says about you, and we're all a work in progress. The other thing is, which just goes to, goes to what you're saying is don't use it as a crutch. Mm-hmm. It's not an excuse to, for bad behavior. Oh, I'm just hardwired like this, so this is the way I behave. Get mm-hmm. used to it. That would be no boy, no. So yeah. I think those two things, don't use it a weapon as a weapon. Do not use it as a crutch for bad behavior. Yeah, that's those so helpful. Most, most all things fall in those two, those two do's and don'ts. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't say I do. I do would be apply it and <laughs> yeah. learn and grow. And don't just, I, I really am annoyed by people who just want to know their number and mm-hmm. then just leave it there. I'm not annoyed, but I just think, hey, if you're wanting to learn something, yeah. find out what you can grow and change and choose one thing. Mm-hmm. And so use it as a tool for growth and empathy for other people. Yeah. Another like stereotype thing that I've seen about the Enneagram is this thing where maybe some numbers are more compatible either romantically or in some sort of relationship. Um, Is that true? Is this a myth? Or do some numbers really work better together than others? Well, that's a great question, and I'm going to answer it. But I thought I would recap for listeners numbers. uh, You should go back and listen to the other one because it unpacks it there. But Mm -hmm. I wanted just to um, bump through all the numbers. So if this is your first time hearing about Enneagram, that you kind of have an idea when we're talking about one 
through nine, you're like, oh, okay. So one is the perfectionist. Um, they are bold and courageous. Um, they're integrous. They're very principled people. However, they can be very critical, judgmental, mm-hmm. and rigid. So I'm going to give positive and negative qualities about mm-hmm. them all. So we really can't live without the perfectionist because things are better because they're around. Right. The helper, warm, relational person, very generous, sometimes too generous. Mm-hmm. They overextend themselves. They can be insecure, and they know what everyone needs, but they don't know what they need themselves. Mm. And so um, that's the two, the helper. The three is the achiever. They're called the chameleon of the Enneagram. They can adapt to any environment they're in. They pivot and turn and become whatever they need, whatever the room needs, the relationship needs, um, which you can see is fantastic, but could be very detrimental. Mm -hmm. But they're ambitious. They're hard workers. They're competent. Interesting enough, they're in the heart center, but they're the furthest from their heart. They don't know. They, so in their emotions, their emotions get in the way of their effectiveness. <laughs> so they really don't want to deal with them. Mm. Fours individualists, they're the romantic of the Enneagram. They are artistic, dramatic, can be very dramatic. If you know some fours out there, they can express themselves very demonstratively sometimes. <laughs> um, they're great listeners. They're compassionate. Um, however, they have a void in their life. They're always feeling like they're missing out on something. Mm. There's just something everyone else has that they don't have, and they're usually trying to fill that place. Interesting. So the five, the quiet specialist, these people know everything. I know a guy, his name is Ben, and he's a quiet specialist, and they call him the bitternet. Um, wow. The internet, the bitternet, get Fun. it? So he just, they're very informed people, um, also known as Google, because Ben, Google, Google, <laughs> oh yeah. So they are introverted. Typically, they're introverted. Uh, they actually are greedy, and they're not greedy with money. They're greedy with their resources. Mm-hmm. So if you're a photographer and you're um, at five, you're probably greedy with the, all the knowledge that you have. You need to go learn it yourself. I'm not going to give it away to you. Um, but they're also reserve their energy. So that's the five. Mm-hmm. Six, the loyal skeptic, um, loyal, committed, um, very hard worker, reliable, however, fearful, mm-hmm. They're threat assessors. So see everything that's coming, they I like to say they can circle the drain. Um, mm-hmm. Like everything's going wrong. Mm-hmm. So just knowing that about them is good. They're stabilizing presence. So they're amazing people. Seven, the enthusiasts, they're the Peter Pan of the Enneagram. They're forever young. <laughs> they have they're joyful. They're fun. They want to move to the next adventure. They do they love looking forward, but they hate looking back. Mm-hmm. They do not like dealing with past. They're just ready to move on. Eight, the controller, they are described as the marshmallow wrapped in barbed wire. They're very big hearted, but you really can't get very close to them without getting hurt. Um, They like to poke holes in everything, but they are actually um, very, uh, they're decisive and they bring stability to relationships Mm -hmm. and they bring a steadiness and a confidence, which is beautiful. And nine, the last one, Peacemaker. And they're the sweetheart of the Enneagram. They sit at the top of the Enneagram, and they see all numbers and understand all of them. <laughs> but they can't make a decision for about nothing. Yeah. So so that's it in a highlight. So those are the nine. So, uh, hopefully that caught everyone up. That was impressive. Good, yeah. good. I tried to be concise so that we didn't give a lot. So there's obviously a lot more to talk about with all of those numbers. Yeah. But they're any the best two numbers, the most compatible numbers that go together— are two healthy people. That's the wow. drama moment. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that. That's right. So if you're not healthy 
and you're dating right. someone who's healthy, it's going to be unhealthy. Mm-hmm. If you're friends, if you're in friendship, a coworker relationship mm-hmm. with people, and they're both people that are growing and are pursuing growth, it's going to be great. They'll provide any number combination would provide great strength to working relationship, dating relationship, friendship, That's family right. relationship. It's just if you're not growing and you want to stay where you are, then you're going to have problems. So yeah. too healthy. But however, there are some common combinations that are. Um, pretty um, interesting. So, just a few of them. Ones and ones go well with twos and sevens, and this will help you kind of figure out how mm. other numbers go together. Is ones tend to be rigid and very serious. Mm-hmm. Twos and sevens lighten the one up. They just so mm-hmm. they tend to find each other because um, ones need to settle down. They just need to relax. <laughs> you can relax. You can relax. So twos do that. However, ones bring stability to twos because twos mm-hmm. are insecure. And they bring a steadiness to them. And so they add value to the relationship. Ones also add value to the seven because they make their dreams come true. There's, they have all these grand ideas and really don't know how to get them all done. Yeah. <laughs> and the one will help seven. You need to find a one because they'll make your dreams come that's true. Awesome. Again, yeah. marriage or a working relationship, mm-hmm. that's great. Twos um, find themselves drawn to threes or eights. Um, James and I are two and an eight combination. And they just really support each other well. Um, I feel like I help James um, soften his rough edges since he's a marshmallow wrapped in barbed wire. I'm like <laughs> clipping the barbed wires off, nice. you know, so that he doesn't rub people wrong sometimes. But he also helps me make decisions. Mm-hmm. He brings a steadiness to me and a confidence to me that I otherwise would probably be struggling in. And so um, they serve each other well. Twos actually, the crazy combination between twos and threes, which find each other often, they're both image focused. Twos, threes, and fours are all image focused. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean that, you know, that's not something to beat someone up with. It's just a it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And so them the two of them together in, in a relationship, working relationship or marriage relationship, whatever it is, can tend to find their identity in what they do. And so they just have to be mindful of that. So all combinations would have to be uh, mindful of how they work together. And then threes and nines just straight up go together great. Threes are ambitious. Mm-hmm. Um, they're connected if all the lines that crisscross. All the numbers that connect usually are good combinations. But um, again, we're talking about most common. Mm-hmm. But threes can be intense and nines settle them down. Mm-hmm. Um, and nines are actually secret workaholics, so they can actually crank out some serious work. So mm-hmm. everything the three needs done, a nine's going to get it done. So you can see how this works great in working relationships yeah. Yeah. and friendships too. So. Fours, I love this because fours are such a, I think fours, I love fours. I haven't got to meet that many of them because usually they're somewhere off doing imaginative things and they're not in a work um, work environment. But they um, find fives often and they appreciate mm. the steadiness and straightforwardness of fives. Mm-hmm. They kind of anchor the four. Um, nines do the same thing. Fours bring nines passion because nines seem to be a little melancholy. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're a little settled. But um, also fours, um, uh, nines bring forth some some weightiness, some groundedness. So those are some combinations. All all can go together. It's just great to look at your strengths and shadow sides and um, leverage them. Yeah, yeah. Just want to talk about some interactions that we have in different relationships. You've mentioned a few already, like dating relationships, marriage, friendships, coworkers, all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, how we can use the Enneagram, like you're saying, as a resource, as a tool to help navigate different situations. So let's talk about a conflict situation, either addressing conflict, because I know different personalities 
walk through conflict differently or maybe run to it, run away from it. There's that piece of it. So addressing conflict, managing conflict, what would you say? Great. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to, obviously I couldn't go around the whole day. We would be here all yeah. day if I addressed every single number and navigating them. But if I just go to the heart center, which is two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. So twos feel loved by helping people. Mm-hmm. Threes feel loved because they're successful. Fours feel loved because they're unique and no one else is like quite like them. Mm-hmm. So if we know that these people feel loved this way, then we're going to um, navigate with them in a way um, Communication-wise and in conflict-wise, we're going to speak to affirmation with the three. We're, we're going to lead with that mm-hmm. in conflict. Susie Bob. Susie Bob's a person I always use as a Good person. Yeah, because yeah, no one's <laughs> oh, There's no one that, well, maybe someone's named Susie Bob. But Susie Bob, I really appreciate, because she's a three, that you're so successful in these things, and I feel very comfortable working with you. You provide a lot of vision for me. Um, in this situation, I feel like you maybe jumped ahead of details because mm-hmm. they're not very detailed oriented people. So can we come back to that? Or, you know, I feel like we kind of spun the information that because they can spin information. They're mm-hmm. the politician of the Enneagram also. So they can actually um, navigate with words and it kind of sometimes feels like they're lying. So how do you address them? It's mm-hmm. like is thinking about them in a way um, but I would say any number, you're going to want to take the, the defense off in conflict, if we're speaking directly mm-hmm. to conflict. Eights are going to be fiery. Um, I'm married to an eight. I had a co- conversation with him the other day, and so I said, is this a good time? I had a few things I wanted to mention about what we're going to navigate in the next hour, and he's like, right. now's good. I could tell he wasn't <laughs> really excited about it, but I was very brief. They don't like a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Eights don't want They want it brief, be brilliant, be gone, literally. Be brief, be brilliant, and leave the room. So I try to stay very brief with an eight in conflict. I don't give a lot of words, a lot of extra, you know. So I think when you study numbers and know the things that, why they feel loved or what really irritates them, um, four, fives, and nines are all withdrawn people. So Mm -hmm. let me say that again. Four, fives, and nines withdraw. So when you go to have conversation with them and and you're in conflict, they're probably going to shut down. But if you're going to keep poking at them, they're just going to go further and further away. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I want to give you time to think about that. The situation that we had yesterday, I felt like maybe something happened, but I want to give you a few minutes. Or maybe can we circle around that back tomorrow? Mm -hmm. So then they have an opportunity to get their thoughts together. Mm Because if you poke a four and a five or a nine to tell me now, it's not going to be good. And so I think it's just when you're growing in awareness of people is leaning um, leveraging those things or staying away from things that actually could irritate them. So in a conflict situation, because there's no, it's no fun to take a conflict situation and make it more intense. Like, yeah, great way for me to approach James is to say, you know what? I hope you don't go in that meeting and act like this. Mm. You know, well, that's really not nice anyway. Mm-hmm. But I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to do things that are going to light a fire under him. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you have something to say. Oh, I'm just <laughs> reflecting so much because I, I am an eight. So I, I'm just reflecting on how actually helpful mm-hmm. this was actually mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. to me and in, in my marriage and even other relationships, mm-hmm. um, specifically work relationships, because it took something that's an abstract thing I know mm-hmm. about you right. and put some like language around mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. that make it a little bit more concrete. So yeah. um, know I love how it. to address. And um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I love this conversation because just as you were talking, like this really is a 
practice of denying self. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about like Tyler, so many situations or, or conversations that I've been a part of that either haven't gone well or especially situations where I've approached it the way that I would, the way that right. I think it should go, the way that I felt about it, like no regard for the person on the other side of me who's experiencing what I'm saying and how I'm handling the situation and just thinking about some of the things you're talking about is really going, I'm going to put the person in front of me first because that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> and ultimately it will probably be more successful than putting me first. So um, I think this is such a valuable conversation for that reason, especially. Um, and it reminded me that mm, that's, that's what this can help us do. Um, so I'd love to talk about a few more scenarios that yeah. we can leverage the Enneagram in. Okay. For example, maybe a more positive situation, Um, showing others love or attention or encouragement. I know that's another thing that people either want or appreciate differently. Mm -hmm. Um, So give us some advice on that. Wow. I even mentioned twos, threes, and fours, so I'm not going to go back there, even how you approach them in conflict, but also how you love them so Mm -hmm. you can... Listen back, back, refer back to that. That's going to say rewind. I'm like, okay, I'm from the 80s. (laughs) This is not a rewind. Maybe I guess you can rewind. Anywho, so (laughs) I would think, yeah, that's right. When I think of affirming people, when you, sometimes it's even in their areas of insecurity and Enneagram of like you, one of the ways in particular, we worked with a lot of nines. James works as an eight, my husband with nines. I think he tries to draw them out and pull them forward. It, it affirms them. Obviously, not just verbal affirmation of good job at a girl, but more of like nines um, have a lot of wisdom to share, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be the first voice out in the room mm-hmm. or in the meeting. So he may say, Susie Bob, I want to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. What do you have to add? Which to me adds value to her, her yeah. him as a nine, to say we care about what you're saying. And we, pro- we really know the meeting has gone one hour and all the assertive people in the room have already talked, mm-hmm. and you haven't had a chance. So I think we can add value, affirm, and encourage other people knowing that. like a nine in that way. Um, I think another way um, you can affirm, obviously, those like a three words of affirmation are going to be good. Love languages, I, I know it's a, it's not the Enneagram, but it's a tool that helps us know how to love and affirm yeah. people mm-hmm. well. And you can pretty much mirror match that up, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, with Enneagram. But I would think um, sixes, since we haven't talked a lot about them, to um, affirm them well, knowing that they're really a threat assessing a lot of things is bringing stability and appreciating the systems that they bring to yes, an organization. Please. Yes, come on, <laughs> yeah. Or to relationship, um, and that they've thought through things, they, yeah. they're prepared for things of like valuing, really actually valuing the strengths of every number. Yeah. Value them um, and perf- and speak to those things, not flattery. Like, I like your hair. Mm-hmm. You did ha- I love how your hat's backward. You know, it's like, no, as, <laughs> thank you, Tyler, for bringing strength and ideation, ideas, energy, passion to our team meeting or to our relationship. Thank you for making decisions. You know, so um, the four, thank you for being so creative Mm -hmm. and being able to add beauty and language that we can't even find the language for. And so it's like, what are their strengths? Speak to their strengths, affirm them in those things. That's great. Yeah, that's pretty easy Google search. Yeah. Yeah, so you can find out what each number's, their strengths are and speak to yeah. those things. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk about one more scenario situation. Maybe mm-hmm. this is when I find myself in. You kind of spoke to it a little mm-hmm. bit because I am a six. Mm-hmm. I'll expose mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> um, just in a situation where you may need to offer comfort or console someone. So what are a few examples of that? That's good. Yeah. Well, I think that um, first I would I would just respect people's um, the things that cause them stress or yeah. anxiety or um, cause them to recoil mm-hmm. um, or appreciate that. Like um, fives, uh, that they they need reserved energy. Mm-hmm. If they've been, if, if you're in a relationship with a five and you've already been, they've worked all day and then you're asking them to go to a party, well, you know, they're like, I don't want to, respect that they can't do that. Yeah. Don't think that they can just suck it up and get tough and go mm-hmm. to a party and be around more people. Mm-hmm. They can't, they literally respect that they need energy to replenish their introverts. They need that. So it's looking at for you as a six is not to speak to respect the fact that you do have some fear issues. Mm-hmm. We, we, I'm a high, I got a lot of six in me, even though I'm a two, <laughs> I have, I'm very close to a six. So I, um, I see all things that are going to come, but it allows me to plan for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So James actually leverages that and respects that. So respect the things that actually, um, the twos need help. James knows I cannot express what I need, so he usually offers some things. Would mm. it be helpful if I did this? Now, if he helps without asking, problem. that's a problem. That's mm. a problem. Do not help without asking a two. So, But learning of going, what is it that I can do for you to serve you well? What would help for you in that time, especially if you don't know numbers? I think it's learning um, those stress points. All of them have a fear of some kind. Twos, threes, and fours have shame. So, you know, you want to help comfort them and like, it's going to be okay. You know, you've, you're walking beyond Mm -hmm. this mistake you've made. And so God's going to help you. And so again, it's looking and diving into some of those things, respect it, Mm -hmm. speak to it and bring words of comfort. And when you don't know what to do, ask. Yeah. Yes. That's great. So, yeah. James actually over inserts himself to help because he wants to be a helper to me, mm-hmm. but that has been a problem. That's why I talk about ask because if if he starts diving into all my helping needs, then he's gonna, you know, he it gets a little spicy. That's what I'll just say. <laughs> so I'm just like, if you could just ask, what's the best way you can help me right now gotcha. or comfort me? That would be good. Yeah. Well, uh, we've been asking this question to everyone this season too. Um, if you have one piece of advice to, to young adults, uh, maybe around this topic, maybe it could be about something else. What would your lasting advice be uh, to young adults? I love this question because yeah. this goes any relationship. James and I talk about this all the time. It's worth repeating. It's two words, intent and impact. Mm-hmm. So good. It's a way to navigate in relationship with people. One, if you're trying to pursue peace and reconciliation, or if um, if you want to ask for forgiveness. So how it works is, Casey, I did not intend to hurt your feelings by doing X, Y, and Z, but I can see it impacted you that way. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know my intention was never to hurt you. Intent, impact. Um, but I think when you're uh, um, when I approach someone, like if I'm approaching James in relationship, I would say, James, I know you didn't intend to, um, you know, shut me down in the meeting, Mm -hmm. but the way it impacted me when you said X, Y, Z, it impacted me that you didn't want me to speak then. Mm -hmm. So I know that's not your intention. The truth is when I do that, I'm telling James, I'm telling the other person, 
person, I believe in you. I believe you have no harm for me. It removes defenses, Mm -hmm. and it sets a place. And usually we talk about these words that you should talk about them when you're not in an argument so that when you use Mm -hmm. them, the person knows you're trying to navigate with respect and honor. So it's a way to ask for forgiveness, and it's a way to approach someone to like, hey, you really stepped on my toes. And so intent and impact. I love that. It's been so helpful for me, I know. So it's a great piece of advice. Take notes. We're super grateful that you've sat down and had this conversation with us. I was just thinking we'd love to share some of maybe your favorite Enneagram resources or links where people can take the test if anyone's listening that may want to jump in and find out their Enneagram number or resources where they can learn more. I know you've got a bunch. So we will link some of those in the show notes for anyone to grab onto. Thanks so much for being with us today. So good to be You're here. You're blessed. Yeah. I love it. Can we know? Can we know what your Enneagram number is? Oh, oh yeah. wait, you said it, right? Well, I kind of alluded to it, but I, forget. I am an Enneagram too. Oh, so two. Um, Tara is my very favorite girl. She's a two wing one, and that's what I am. Hey. We bring peace and order to the world. So yeah, that's me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thanks to everyone who is tuning in and listening or watching. We love you so much. And we will be back with another episode next Thursday. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.